0: Jump. and you might think, what if I fall? Hello? what if you don't? What if you fly?
1: With so much love and respect, welcome to the Luke Adler Healing Podcast, where we turn pain into power and get down to what really matters, the love we share and the love we grow. This is for those who want to get intimate with life's living edge and use every instance as an opportunity for deepening and connection, to make life a work of art, painted by passion and fueled by a longing for a more beautiful world, ultimately creating space for all that we are. I'm your host, Luke Adler. Let's get it i am so stoked to be back with my co-facilitator and teaching partner jason lang in our heart of shadow program focusing on male development male brotherhood um men's work our deep dive into deep connection and, and in a certain sense world work working with men with women to evolve to grow and to heal and jason and i have This is one of the topics we work with in Heart of Shadow is um, sex and sexuality. And today we're going to be looking at taking charge of your sexual charge. And this is something Jason and I have done a lot of personal work on, and we've worked on it with each other in our men's group. And we're just going to jump right in. Um, Jason, is there some place you want to kind of lead or start with on this topic?
0: Um, yeah, the, the first thing I'll say is it's just so important, (laughs) right? I think certainly part of my journey in the personal growth and spiritual world, the last decades is like, this shit will bite you in the ass if, if you don't do work on it, if literally, if you don't work on it, you know, and we're just kind of rounding out the peak of the me too movement. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today, you know, relates to that. In terms of this is work, I think every human being, but particularly us men that are wanting to, you know, champion a healthier, more integrated version of, of masculinity moving forward. It's really important to do this work.
1: Yeah, I just you saying that makes me immediately think of mentors and teachers that I've had in the personal growth world and in the spiritual world who you know part of that teaching didn't really include sexuality in fact it was like this is a little like too personal so we're not going to look at it or talk about it publicly in any kind of way and then inevitably literally the teachers get caught with their pants down doing something sexually inappropriate with it with student usually um and the whole organization implodes and and faith is lost in the leader and the teachings and yeah the sensibility Of Hey, we need to talk about our sexual development and our sexual healing and that that's part of the whole growth healing
0: process. Totally. And I think where, you know, historically, at least some of the major spiritual traditions and whatnot, just tried to stuff sex and ignore it, you know, not talk about it or shame it or whatever. And, you know, our programs about this idea of shadow and the thing about shadow is it doesn't go anywhere. So if you're not engaging with it consciously, it's going to work its way through your body unconsciously. Uh-huh. And so what we're talking about here with this topic of taking charge of your sexual charge is, um, you know, certainly there are some, I think, just kind of asexual people, but most people ha- get sexual charge, uh-huh. right? They, 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 they have a response in their body mind, and we have to learn to work with that consciously, Um, I think that's what we're really talking about here to, to take charge of that charge. So it's not running us, but we're able to consciously engage with it in a way that supports a whole and healthy life rather than, you know, destroying it. Yeah. And what's, what's, I think what's not
1: necessarily in the milieu of awareness is that if you're coming from a spiritual tradition in some some sense there's the teaching of sexes sex sexuality is 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 maybe bad it's a distraction um you should maybe just use it in a very very sacred way and or not at all and so this energy is is usually suppressed or kind of put in this very narrow corner of existence or the other side of society is like you know, lasciviously give in to all of your sexual desires, pornography, sex, um, whenever, wherever, however, just totally free and open. And there's not necessarily this awareness of more of a, a consciousness or just being aware of the energy itself, and how to work with it in a, in a healthy way, a life affirming way an honoring an honorable way in a in a way that brings kind of generative energy mm-hmm. in the body and and both partners and i think that's that's kind of the edge that we well in a certain sense that's a, a description of the edge you and i are are kind of putting out there
0: absolutely and uh, i love that word you use there generative mm-hmm. um is I think this is part of what's kind of coming back online in the men's work world right now. And there's a um, book that's been getting certainly a lot of attention in my circles called The Flowering Wand, The Rewilding the Sacred Masculine, which is all about um, reclaiming the generative aspect of masculine sexuality. How, you know, at some point back in the day, men were depicted as having wands, which were actually life-giving. Mm -hmm. I would create life and it got turned into a sword, right? Which was cutting, dissecting, separating, destroying in a lot of ways, um, a couple of thousand years ago. And this idea that masculine sexuality and sexuality in general can be generative, I think is so, so important Mm. to bring back. And particularly for us guys that have most of us at this point, our generation you know, raised in a world of on-demand pornography and consumption and uh, the, the taking aspect of sexuality versus what we're going to be kind of exploring here of, yeah, how can we use, you know, sex is such a, such a fascinating thing, right? Cause it's such a, it's like a base part of our evolutionary biology, mm-hmm. you know, it goes right to the root of the brainstem and it can be one of the most conscious endeavors there is at the same time. So I think it's one of the ultimate practice grounds for bringing more awareness and consciousness into our life is this part of us that really runs the gamut, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we've inherited uh, evolutionarily from just this desire to procreate, to pass on our genes to, and it can also be one of the most sacred, healing, conscious, spiritual things um, you can do that make it generative, but that requires this, this learning to take charge of our charge thing we're going to be talking about here.
1: Yeah. One of our shared mentors talks about, you know, when you're not taking charge of your charge in a certain sense, your, your charge has taken charge of you. There's Mm -hmm. these kind of common things we hear men say, like, Um, you know, she, she brought out the animal in me or, you Mm -hmm. know, more, more kind of extreme controlling societies. Let's keep women covered. Let's cover really them from head to toe because women are distracting. Women, um, have a power over men, their, their sensuality, their beauty, um, you know, brings out a side of men that men can't control. Men have no control over their charge. So women should cover up. Women should be conservative in their dress. Yeah. I remember dating. I remember dating someone in my twenties, and um, she had a short shirt on, so her, her like you know her belly button was showing. And her her father, this is like a traditional uh, family from Eastern Europe, said, "You know your your midriff is showing, honey. You need you need to cover up." And this was like in Los Angeles in the early two thousands, and I was like, "What?" What's, go- what's going on this is this is um kind of ex- extreme in a certain sense from the, the culture i was raised in in southern california but these are some of the beliefs that are still very much out there of, you know cover yourself up um or you know if if you're you know like like in extreme examples of she was she's asking for it she really wants it you hear these kind yeah. of, this kind of language for men, when women dress in a certain way, where they're showing their curves, they're showing their skin, and um, that's that's kind of the 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 default message, if you will, around sex and sexuality, in in or at least part of the message.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. The idea is like it, it creates this weird kind of victim narrative for men, right? That we're helpless, we're overpowered. There's nothing we can do about it. And, you know, it, it can be intense and real. Certainly I've absolutely had the experience in my life of, you know, what happens when we switch from <laughs> the uh, prefrontal cortex there to the more kind of reptilian brainstem and like, Ooh, how did I get myself in this situation? Like, was I, was I fully online for the experience I just had? You know, I definitely had a few of those moments. Like, so I get it. Um but that doesn't mean we can't take responsibility for it. And that's what we're really talking about here is we're not helpless as men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think part of what we're going to explore today, you and I in particular is, is, you know, spiritual growth oriented men who like, like all the wild stuff that's possible in that world Mm -hmm. and want to be anchored in like the real world of, yeah, how do we live healthy lives of integrity with families and spouses and long-term partnerships at the same time. And I think that's going to be a unique thing, you know, we can talk about here of, yeah, you know, as as men who are in committed long-term uh, marriages, how do we work? You know, literally, how do we work with that energy of feeling attraction for someone else? And what does that mean for our relationship? And I think that's part of what the healthy masculine is having to negotiate here and and figure out of, yeah, how do I not, cut it off and dissociate and how do i not become overwhelmed by it right and totally fused by it but what's that sweet spot in the middle of being in contact with it and still being able to consciously respond
1: yeah the, this image is coming to mind of um i was raised in kind of a hindu mystical tradition um meditative tradition and so these images of different uh hindu gods and they're kind of mystical interpretation and there's this image of ram and sita the the lover and the beloved male and female consort of of the divine and there's this image of ram his hat he has his hands around sita's breasts but the teaching is if you look at ram's face he has no affect so he's not Mm -hmm. aroused at all by this and he's not you you see no kind of interest in his face at all it's just like this detachment that he can be you know physically um you know embracing uh his beloved and have no sexual charge that's visible in this this depiction and of course being raised in that kind of environment it was very confusing Mm. I was kind of taught in a certain sense to renounce sexuality and to just be anchored in God's love and the divine source of consciousness and you know personally my journey has been to awaken to my sexuality um you know I certainly had experiences as a young teenager um wanting to find porn at that age there was no internet so it was trying to find Playboy magazines and that kind of thing but um as a, an adult man i've had to kind of awaken my sexuality again um because i've done so much meditative work that i largely have had it shut down and you know getting married and having children how how to get into relationship with my sexuality in a healthy way um and in some ways being afraid of its power really um and um so I've had this journey of, of like, okay, how do I find, how do I step towards that edge and um, discovering, wow, this is probably the most powerful energy in the physical mm-hmm. realm that a human being can interact with, you know, mediated through the body in a certain sense, all of the spiritual power that moves through a body. It, is, it largely moves through the, the sexual expression, if we want to name it something it is so powerful um, and um challenging to you know to 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 stay with and to not lose consciousness or to not um you know for my case to kind of go into a dissociative state a number state around it because i I guess i'm afraid i'm afraid to uh, have been afraid to really uh embody that and Mm -hmm. I guess I'm naming it. This is hard. This is a challenging domain. It's not just like, oh, nailed it. Got that one. It's online, easy, done, you know, and off I
0: go. Yeah. It's, I think this is why it's so foundational and why it can, you know, destroy (laughs) the most practiced teachers and leaders in in the world, because yeah, there's so much power. I, I, I agree. I don't think there's anything, quite as energizing as the power of, you know, generative sexual energy Mm -hmm. in, I think this is making me realize I want to take a moment to actually talk about this idea of what we mean by charge. So -hmm. taking charge of your charge. And I work with a lot of men, right? So how I see this show up in my body and in the body of many men is sexual energy actually shows up as tension Mm -hmm. in our bodies. So it's like right, it's actually a tension in our bodies, and you know you can think of um, like electricity or static, right? When that tension is there, it wants to be released, right? So we, we we've got static on ourselves. We touch something. There's a big like shock and release, or electricity wants to flow flow out. So taking charge of our sexual charge is this as we interact with people. And there's an exchange of sexual energy. There's often a building up of a type of tension. Mm. And when we're not bringing consciousness to it, um, the default is we want to release the tension. Mm. We want to get the tension out of our bodies. And I think this is where we can sometimes feel overwhelmed as men or just have this drive to ejaculate off the attention, Mm -hmm. the tension through whether that's masturbation, whether that's with a, with a partner, um, whatever that might be. And so what we're talking about is what does it mean to bring awareness and consciousness into that tension, right? Into that buildup of energy. And instead of just getting rid of it, discharging it through the body, how do we consciously use that in our lives. Right. And when I say consciously use that could be bringing that sexual energy back to our intimate partner, if we're in a committed relationship, that could be through work or sports or achievement, or as I work with a lot of my men around creativity, like actually creating something that's, you know, our sexual energy is a creative energy. And so the idea with taking charge of that charge is, in, instead of that tension just overwhelming us and us doing whatever it takes to get out of our bodies, we're slowing things down, hmm. and we're choosing. Okay, what do I want to use this and en- literally this energy of creation, this manifestation for, and where do I want to, where do I want to bring it, apply it in my life? And it takes hard work. There's no easy solutions to these things. But step one for a lot of men that we work with and we do in our shadow program is to, to get in touch with it and start to acknowledge it and to not shame it or um, dissociate from it, but to actually come into deeper intimacy with it of, oh yeah, there's a part of me, right? I have this animal inside of me that um, just wants, desires, wants to procreate, wants to, you know sleep with as many partners as I can and pass on my genes. Like I can't ignore that. I don't have to be run by it, but I can't ignore it. So coming into contact with it, I think is step one. Right.
1: As I've worked with that energy personally and that tension that you talk about and, you know, what to do with it, how to discharge it. There's a few things. One is uh, a mutual mentor of ours talks about, um, you know re- relieving your uh, sexuality from the burden of making you feel better or relieving sex mm-hmm. from the burden of making you feel better which is what you alluded to ejaculating to discharge your shadow material or discharge your unfelt unexpressed emotions or things you haven't had a chance to feel to acknowledge during the day because the day is so busy and stacking up upon day after day sometimes sex really isn't about connection or expression or creativity but literally stress relief let me just relieve my stress and it's nothing necessarily bad or wrong with it it's just like you're saying jason let's become aware of how we're using it and um why we're using it and if we're you know it it can get sticky if we're telling our partner i want to connect to you i want to connect with you and and you start to get needy and desirous Mm -hmm. it's not about connection It's about, I want to discharge my pain, you know, with you as the object of that. Um, And that kind of sex feels very different than a, a you know, a a sex that's born from an already established connection. And and again, I'm not saying one's better. I'm just saying, this is what happens relationally and how we, how we often use sex or masturbation. Um, and masturbation could be used just for, you know, I just want to experience some pleasure and some relaxation. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need to discharge my pain, but just want to feel what my body can do. There, there's all kinds of intentionalities behind it. Um, and that was leading me to, to another point that is
0: currently eluding me. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that, um, this is where that awareness, the consciousness, is so important. Because yeah, right. Sometimes we are gonna move towards sex just as more of a stress relief, but there's a way to do that with an awareness mm-hmm. that that in itself can be a game changer. Right. And I think where men have dropped the ball sometimes, and where some of the criticism and feedback of you know masculine relationships to sexuality is, it is extraordinarily easy for us men to just make it about tension release. Mm. And in the process of that, that's where objectification can really happen. Right. right? Where this woman, her body is a means to an end for me to relieve tension in in my body. And it's can be very easy to fall prey for that. And, you know, even in loving relationships, uh, I've seen that show up for guys of like, yeah, I need this to get this tension out of my body. And uh, I'm kind of dependent on it. You know, there can be like a little drug type thing to it Mm -hmm. and what we're talking about is learning to in some ways what makes this a hard practice is to be able to increase our capacity to be with the tension Mm -hmm. in our systems so we're not just unconsciously ejaculating it out Right. right but we're bringing more awareness into that process and how to play and move that energy and use it again in these more generative restorative ways and a lot of men, you know, whether it's religious or cultural or whatever that might be, um, that I work with in particular these days, the pendulum has kind of swung right from the kind of macho jerk to more the nice guy of, Ooh, yeah. Like, I don't want to, I've seen, you know, I've been told my whole life and shown evidence for how damaging male sexuality can be. So, uh, you know, I'm going to pull away from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, That can also have, you know, destructive elements to it because then the men are kind of dissociating from something inside themselves. And what we're talking about is learning to engage with the full spectrum of it, um, to be able to embrace it radically and and the power of it and still, you know, connect it to an open, sensitive, loving heart where it doesn't uh, overwhelm us, but we get to create with it, so to speak. Right yeah brought,
1: brought brings to mind um you know that that edge that you you and i are pointing to of of this place it's not even really in between it's this almost third state of consciousness where it's not so much um that we're trying to penetrate our energy into something sometimes in the, on the surface well men have this kind of phallic object and women have this recept, receptive you know part and so it's about men penetrating women that's how it looks like at the level Mm -hmm. of anatomy but energetically really both energies are seeking to merge in a certain sense The, the the full passion of the full it's more than passion the full it's really longing this longing to connect um that's unbridled let me pull away all of the restraint let me take that restraint off of the horse and let the full power of that energy meet full power of another energy. And it's full wild creativity. And I look at really the the, the source of sexual energy. If you take that idea of physical sex away, it's to me this it's where this longing becomes unrestrained, this longing to merge mm. and, and to meet ourselves. To meet another, another being in their fullness, whatever that state may be, and to me that really defies the act of sex itself. It, it goes way beyond that. It's like let me let me fully be with you in your sorrow. Let me fully be with you in your joy. Let me fully be with you in your rage, whatever that state is. I think the my, my sense, my current edge around this is let me fully be there um, mm-hmm. with you or whoever it is I'm with, with, with my daughter in her joy, let me fully get to the edge of being present to her joy. And I think the metaphor of sexual energy is, it's like this physical, uh, it's physical and energetic, but this physical representation of where we're longing to feel alive and to be fully restrained and if you it was one of the exercises that we we do is if if you want to learn about where your energy is at in your life you can start to look at your literally your relationship to sex itself like Mm -hmm. how do you approach it how do you how do you orgasm what does that energy look like uh, for you um are you are you kind of tentative are you afraid when you're engaging with your partner um, what or with yourself do you attack yourself if you're masturbating how do you what what's kind of the middle stage of sex like what's that end stage what's what happens after sex is over is there a kind of a, a loving energy there or is there a dissociative energy and we can learn a lot about ourselves in that full approach how we think about it before how we're approaching it in the moment the middle stage of the interaction the orgasm and again the ending as really a metaphor for how our how our longing is currently being worked with in in any moment that's kind of my my current take on on the edge of it and and how sex will completely reveal um, yeah
0: kind of where we're at I think that's a that was just thinking the exact same thing it's what's what makes it such a potent energy to work with is it's a, often a direct reflection of how conscious we are yeah right like if you want to see how conscious you actually are in life start to look at your sexuality yeah right how's it showing up how are your fantasies showing up how's your masturbation showing up how do you how do you you know talk to women in the world Yeah. Right. Um, it, it, it becomes pretty clear as we put a little bit of tension on it. And that's where as men, we get to then, you know, and I'm not here to say, you know, every man has to be in a long-term committed monogamous relationship. You get to create whatever containers you want. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm fully in support of that, but again, you have to do it consciously. That that's what we're pushing for here to bring real intention and consciousness to why you want the container, how it might be you know, life-giving and generative in that sense—that um, I think is is such a game changer—and for us men to kind of do this audit, like you said, of yeah, how's it showing up in my sex as is? How's it showing up in my body as I move through the world? Yeah. Is really important because yeah. you know, in some sense, I don't think it's ever been harder <laughs> no. to than this moment in time to take charge of our sexual charge. As you know, we live in a hyper-commercialized advertising driven sexualized world where you know social media and mobile phones have only accelerated that where you know really at any point on demand anywhere in the world you can have like an endless stream of the most attractive people in the world coming at you right right and Yeah, yeah you know as men and as humans we're we haven't really developed the antibodies for that. Right. (laughs) It's like, we don't have that mechanism online. So men were really having to figure it out. You know, as someone who dealt with porn addiction in in my teens and twenties, like it's a real thing, right? It's, and it happens to a lot of men now. Right. Um, And that's another version of this, this taking charge of our charge where the charge can really easily overwhelm you in your life. And, bringing consciousness to it, doing, doing the hard work of really kind of digging in. Um, it can be a little uncomfortable. It's not exactly. necessarily
1: easy. Right. I think on that note, Jason, the, you know, this is one of the topics that's that's kept largely in the shadow of the social environment. And when it does get talked about, it's whispered about, it's like, hey, Yeah. do you look at porn? Like, what do you, it's not mm-hmm. something that's, that's open because there's shame around it because there's so much judgment around it and again why a men's group that is rooted in transparency vulnerability honoring your edge honoring each other's edges confidentiality is so important for deep healing and integration is that a men's group or a women's group can be a safe place where this deep core level content can come forward and it's honored with curiosity, a full relating. I mean, in all the men's group that we've been a part of that we've led, men will talk about pornography. They'll talk about their sexual experiences. They'll talk about their shame around sex, their embarrassment around it. And it's just fully welcomed and honored. And then you and I would come in and offer some facilitation to get mm-hmm. into some of the deeper nuances around it. But again, the the another reason why a a deep men's work a deep men's group is such a crucial life tool is this is a place where we can bring our sex our sexuality and our our development here and not kind of like pretend that it's all buttoned up or you know just kind of hide it because there's you know in a certain sense some frozen energy some trauma around it so um it's such a great topic to look at and you know at this point gosh we've been working together for six and a half seven years you know when men bring this up in the group it's not i think in the beginning it was really exciting and thrilling because it is something that i've never experienced talk about so openly but now it's like oh yes you're looking at porn again okay what were you looking (laughs) at all right it's more mundane it's just part of what we talk about and it's not you know it's not so hidden so
0: yeah, we're bringing it into the light in right. in, a, in a big way, and that's I think what a big challenge for a lot of men is. Is yeah, there are, there aren't safe spaces to talk about this, and how do we how do we healthily engage with these things? Right, for some people you know total sobriety and prohibition kind of work for some people they don't, and it's more learning. Okay, what's the middle ground here? How do I actually actively engage in a way that's gonna um, bring me closer to the life I want to be leading? And I think that's the, the, such a key piece in terms of how we use our sexuality in general. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's, a, it's just such a deep place of practice of learning how to w- literally work with the energy in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And it was something you and I have talked about of, you know, how incredible it can be. You know, I, I tell this joke a lot of times that one of the main places I work with men is around dating, relationships, sexuality. It's kind of where I got my um, start here in the in the men's work world. And one of the reasons is because it, it's one of the only things I have found that'll get a man off his ass off the couch to right. change his life because there's some kind of pain around sexuality. And it's one of the only things I've seen for so many men, you know, we'll be like stuck in our our burdened tired and weary minds grumpy about life and how we're losing or things aren't going right or you know whatever yeah. um, and it's like we're walking down the street and then a beautiful woman walks by and it's like oh <gasps> you know it's just like <laughs> suddenly life is good for like 20 seconds there's just like burst of love and energy in our bodies and it's like it's that powerful and I, I'm not even saying that it's like a joke but it it'll literally rip us out of our heads mm-hmm. into the moment like that's the power of uh, sexuality and what we then do with that energy when it hits our nervous system, that's the important part. Yeah. I don't care who you are, you're gonna be impacted by yeah. sexual energy out in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's literally no shame in that in in, in the work we do, even if you're a happily married man, like right. it's gonna hit your nervous system. But then the responsibility is, and what do I do with that? Right right? Am I clinging onto this? Am I fantasizing about it? Am I secretly changing my walk so I can see this woman, you know, every week or something like that? Th- those are the places we want to then kind of dig in a little bit uh-huh. and, and find out, yeah, is, it, is, is this a constructive use of this charge or is this some shadow element here of I have a need and I'm not getting it met in some way, so I'm going to kind of try to legally get it outside or in a different way and that's where, again, the power of a men's group can be so important and so um, transformative to to have men help you kind of just dig into all that and find that place of integrity for yourself so that you can move through the world, fully able to engage with your sexuality without shame, right? And still being in integrity with whatever life you're living.
1: Yes, you're kind of leaning into a more... Um apropos topic of you and I are married, we have kids and we're, um, we deeply love our wives and we're leading men's work and we're, we're leaders in the world of, of development, healing, sexuality, kind of an integral model of health. And we, um, can appreciate a beautiful woman and the energy she brings and how do we, how do we work with it? It's kind of what you're looking at. And Mm-hmm. There's the temptation here to, to prescribe a formula or to kind of recommend an appropriate dosage, which I think in more of like a, a, a pop prescription, you know, would make sense. But what you and I are really pointing to is how, how do you work with it in any moment? And, you know, what are some of the red flags that you might be taking it a little too far? Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, what are some of the red flags you might not be engaging with it enough? You know, like if you're not if you don't engage with it, you the tendency is to become deadened. Yeah. If you ignore a woman and her beauty, if you ignore your wife's beauty, if you ignore if you ignore beauty, period, it's deadening. And I remember for not recently, but maybe two, three years ago, that was part of my inner work, is just to kind of see beauty again, not just in women, but in life. Uh, because I just my in my healing work, I give so much that i really needed more generative energy like how do i like just get into nature more and feed myself more and, and get that cyclical energy moving so that i can keep doing the work i love to do but i think that that's could be good for us to look at is what what are some of the red flags of like you know not looking at the energy not drinking it in and, and where can we take it too far like i think you mentioned you know am i changing am i changing my walk mm-hmm. work <laughs> am i perseverating on this whim, woman and her her body parts for hours after i interact with her
0: yeah you i know. think those are two key things and i mean certainly on the more disengaged side you know it yeah i think it's just lack of energy yeah lack of motivation lack of drive lack of creativity kind of a malaise and depression i've i've seen you know come over men before in um you know in particular for the kind of nice guys I tend to work with a a disconnection from just some of our vitality life force and power like this just feeling of like yeah like kind of you know diving into life when, when we're disconnected from that there's there's kind of just like a flatness yeah right like everything's kind of okay maybe a little literally like a little soft life might feel a little soft Mm -hmm. in a way of just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's easy, but I'm not like inspired yeah, or, you know, feeling, you know, my heart beat literally in in some deep ways, not feeling alive (laughs) is is something I've really noticed with a lot of men.
1: I think as men, you know, this is generally true. As men approach latter thirties, early forties, there is this kind of, mid ground of life where we have to decide, are we going to start to give in to the inertia, the gravity and oxidation of life? Are we going to kind of slowly walk towards the end of our physical life? Or are we going to regenerate our lives? And this is where we would see um, like a midlife crisis where you get the sports car, you get divorced and get the younger wife, like you kind of unconsciously. We'll search for that vitality again, but have a really destructive, create a destructive wake in the process. And you know, part of our work is to say, let's catch that pattern and let's move through that initiation more consciously, whether it's in midlife or any period of life where that dullness kind of Eeyore depressive energy comes in and we're just, you know. So I think the question is like, when you see a beautiful woman, um, so we'll just keep it a little more focused. You see a beautiful woman, something about her is energizing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's, there's the rule. Well, don't, don't objectify woman. Don't, um, don't be part of rape culture at all. You know, don't, don't look at her with any desire, you know, see her like you would your own mother. You know, how do we work with that? all of that programming as a nice guy to go, I have to be, I have to restrain myself and Mm -hmm. utilize my balls and my penis and not, not let myself feel any attraction. I don't want to be a dangerous man. And there's,
0: there's a whole belief that creeps in there. Yeah. And I, I, this is definitely something I work with men around and have gotten to talk to women around. And when, when we disengage in that way or we stuff it or we, um, numb out to it or we pretend it's not there. That's often actually in an odd way, what can cause some of the biggest creep factor. yeah, yeah. right? like because there's there's a, a a divergence between what's happening in our body and how we're showing up. and it can be uncomfortable. It can yeah. actually be uncomfortable for for women when they can feel us men not engaging with it. It's, uh-huh. it's like it just feels like something's off, right? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I don't trust this man. Um, and usually the solution to that for a lot of us men is to go up into our heads, mm-hmm. right? To disengage from the body and go up into our heads and ruminate and perseverate. And so for us, it's just not particularly pleasant because suddenly we're not in the moment, we're not in our body. And then there's, yeah, the the deadening of this life force where we're actually in some ways making our body wrong, Right, so I think it, it create a lot of shame for us men, and a lot of tension in a different ways in our body. Of um, well, there's a, there's a way I have to be, and I yeah. I can't actually be authentic in myself. You know, I, I've definitely worked with a lot of guys who have come out of some pretty heavy religious backgrounds. Uh-huh. Um, you know, churches where just sexist. Yet you cannot do that, and that programming goes in deep, Very deep, deep. Right. It takes a long time to unwind that and to, to come back more into that integrity of like, oh, actually this is just, this is just natural. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing I want to name that I often talk about with men about is it's, it's, it's not the attraction. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It's when the attraction is disconnected from our hearts. There it is. Right. Cause that's when we can objectify. That's when we can rape. That's when we can cause damage. That's when we can destroy our marriage. Uh, but when the heart's online, it's a whole different ballgame of yeah. like, wow, this woman, you know, is gorgeous. And I'm feeling an incredible blessing of energy in my body right now. Yeah. Right? So it's feeling that is how I tend to work with men around it. It's feeling that energy, acknowledging it, breathing it. Uh-huh. And then also realizing there's a human being attached to that body. You know, in in the case we're talking about here, kind of the hetero side of, yeah, it's a woman who has hopes and dreams and has had her heart broken and wants things and has good days and bad days. You know, she's just a genuine human being. Um, So remember that, right? Just remember she's a human being and who's got her own life going on. And when we can remember both of those, you know, I tend to work with it myself as like to literally take it as a blessing and offer it back of just like, wow, thank you. Just thank you for blessing me with that energy. Like I I hope your day is awesome. You know, just (laughs) might might happen in a couple seconds in my in my head, but there's like an acknowledgement of the gift that's been brought to me, of literally energy in my body, which as a you know near forty three year old man, like that's becoming more sacred by the day. Yeah, just to have energy and vitality in my body, Um, so not disconnecting from it, but not also obsessing over it. Right, Right. that would maybe be the other side of Things uh, at least as I work with it and believe in it is like, what's the half life? There it is. Oh, so, right. What's the stickiness quotient? Like, can mm. I just breathe that energy through in the moment and then you know let it pass, or do I start to ruminate it about it and fantasize about it and think about body parts and things I would do? And you know there can be a time and place for that in a healthy consensual relationship, but this is where that half life piece, that stickiness piece of like, ooh. You know, what would my partner think yeah. if I was thinking about this right now? Or even if you're not in a partnership, like, is this a moment I really want to be engaging with this energy or is it kind of colonizing me in the moment? Right. Which certainly was something with me, you know, as I wrestled with pornography was finding pornographic imagery coming into my mind and times I did not want it to come into my mind. Right, <laughs> Like I, I have other things I want to be doing here where it just doesn't feel appropriate. Um, so that, that half-life thing, I think is the the thing I just kind of want to point out. I love
1: that. And and how I I think implicit in that you're pointing to where an energy that can be, let's just keep this example, you know, a kind of sensual, sexual, or or just a beautiful woman, how that can be so generative to appreciate, to breathe that energy in. And then if we, if, if in the second moment we then attach. Yeah, that's it we attach and then we want to replay it over and over it becomes more addictive we get that that dopamine hit and then we want it again and again and it's not necessarily about the woman anymore it's just about i want to feel good i want to feel alive and and you get that diminishing returns of of well-being and and i, and I think the 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 mixture here of you know getting the sexual energy to be healthy your purpose is online you're you're satisfied with your work your exercise routine is there. Your your diet routine is there. When all of these elements to come together, then it's not so much we're saying, what we're not saying is you're going to get all your energy from uh, getting into more balance around sex and sexuality. We're saying that is one component of health and vitality. Yeah. It's, but when that's offline or that's there's some addiction around that, then it throws the whole balance off of, of your whole system. Whereas there's, there's either like a drag or there's a hyperactivity in the, in the realm of sex, sexual energy that just makes all the other, you know, like you say, it creeps into your purpose around your work. It creeps into your diet. You're like, oh shit, I'm so hyper-regulated around sex. I'm going to, you know, have more sugar and and ice cream to break me down or i'm so under regulated i'm gonna drink more caffeine and so when that you know just like any of those arenas when they're offline or over hyperactive it just the whole system gets wonky and then we're exerting all this energy to to kind of keep it in the shadow um and it, it becomes problematic for our our experience our our flow
0: um, in life. Um, wow. Well, it was a great word there. I think yeah. that's another way to, to talk about that moment of attachment is it's, you know, I, I think ideally when we're working with sexual energy, it's flowing through us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm in my day, something happens. I see a beautiful woman, like literally yeah. that word turn on, it turns on a part of my nervous system. Yeah. Right. It like activates it. Yeah. Um, but then I let the energy keep circulating through I think where the fantasy, the kink, the attachment happens is it's like, oh, I want to hold on to that, right? Like I got to, I got to clamp down and I want to hold that energy in my body right now. Um, It's almost an addiction to the tension part versus just letting it move through And I think there is a way we can do that, right? Where we can use our turn on out in the world to just activate ourselves, get the energy flowing, and then we, we can come back and we can express that energy with our partners, but it's about our relationship with our partner. It's not about the fantasy of that person. If it makes sense, it's like that, that turn on can get us turned on, but then we're expressing that through the actual relationship we're we're in centering that connection or or whatever that might be rather than having part of our body mind still be in the fantasy
1: and i think that that mindset is what's not common out there is to say hey i can appreciate the beauty of whether it's a man or woman or a Mm -hmm. um, you know a trans or or non-binary person i can appreciate them and be turned on whatever turns you on, what we're saying is let it turn you on. It's life-giving, it's life-affirming and take charge of your sexual charge. Don't kind of allow it to then take you over into an yeah. addictive place or scare you and then cause you to turn that off. And then there's this, you know, I, I think the other thing I'm I'm feeling and experiencing is that there is an energy we get from whatever turns us on that we can't necessarily, we don't necessarily get it from our our career purpose, or or our time in nature, those turn us on. Those turn us on in different ways, or exercise, or eating a delicious meal, we get turned on in different ways, our nervous system, our heart, our, our mind gets turned on in different ways. And this is a, a unique area we get turned on. So let us be turned on in these particular ways. And then bring in in the case of relationship let's bring that back to our partner and not get lost morally or ethically around you know I think you pointed out you said something beautiful like hey this this is a person who's had triumphs who had who's had difficulties who has aspirations still seeing the human being in front of us and and the destruction that might move through our lives if we give in to you know yeah. uh, something with someone else who's outside of our commitment um in terms of our relationship at that time and you know in a certain sense the importance of um keeping our word and if we want to change our word that we were upfront about that yeah. and not letting sexual energy just kind of take us over around the vows that we've made in our lives um In a certain sense to not create more work for us more karma for us later because we were just the animal took over you know we we gave in Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's easy um, but i but this is a place where in a men's group women's group a group that's committed to growth and healing where just bringing it out of the dark is like okay i can start to see this now and work with it and I've already taken charge of my charge by sharing it. You know, I'm not, I'm not keeping it. I'm not keeping, I'm not allowing its power, uh, over me by keeping it hidden.
0: I think that's so key and part of what makes it just such potent work And this realization that, yeah, right. We're we're all going to have turn on and charge. That's natural. That's normal. And it's actually fucking awesome. Right, it's like such a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not the problem. It's it's what we do with it. Yeah, how how do we choose to engage with it, and what do we, where do we point that energy in some ways? That's the thing that can really make you stand out as a human being and as a man, in particular these days, is learning to consciously work with that of not having to shut it down, and not being run by it, but finding this sweet space in the middle to really take charge of it, and use it in a conscious way that can generate and create and express so much love and vitality. And just, you know, one of the literally best parts of being alive is <laughs> the, the, the joy and the intimacy of a, a good sexual connection in my mind.
1: There's so much for us to dive into. Um, I want to touch on uh, one more subject here, at least for me. Um, you know, what happens when let's say uh we we become disconnected in our relationship or yeah. just disconnected in life you don't feel a sense of purpose like i've i've um you know when things aren't necessarily connective in my in my marriage where does my mind go around you, you, where where am i then going for connection and the ways in which that obsessive kind of nature can come in and historically for me you know i come from like a long lineage of workaholics so if I'm not feeling dis if I'm not feeling connected in my marriage, my in the past I just work harder. I just work more. Oh, yeah. And in a certain sense that I become more numb. And there's a sense of, well, I don't I don't need connection. I don't need sex. I um I'm just gonna serve. I'm gonna be a servant. Um and then, you know, I just get have in the past it's gotten kind of drier and I stay kind of spiritually inspired, but my physiology gets I get really exhausted and I've found that allowing myself to wake up to sexual energy and to appreciate my wife and to get into a a better sexual relationship with her, with myself. Ultimately, I feel so much more energy. Mm -hmm. But when i am disconnected, that's been one of my patterns is to just bury myself in work, which is very common for, for men. Um, and you know, I think, I think one of the other patterns can be, you get disconnected from spouse that you start looking at other women. And one of my mentors says, well, you can't get everything from your partner. Um, But it's not so much, well, then go get sex from another partner. It's like, well, let's, let's slow this process down a little bit. And, and you know, this might be something of, look, maybe I need to talk about this with my wife. And really, it's mm-hmm. often our marriage that, you know, where are we disconnected? Why are we disconnected? Is she too busy? Am I too busy? And so, th- this is, can be a place where we start to hide it a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my, my marriage isn't flowing, so I'm going to start looking at other women, start tar- start talking with other women, and maybe getting fulfilled in this way, and starting to maybe create some energy out there that I really need to be putting into my marriage, but for whatever reason i may not be circumstances maybe i'm afraid to bring it up etc but but this can kind of creep in through a long-term relationship it's not so much hey i've got it down you know
0: Mm -mm. it's It's, it's, just you got to work it yeah i think this is such an important topic i mean for single guys out there this is why i think something like the heart of shadow or doing some shadow work around your sexuality is so can be such an investment in your future relationships because the clearer you are about your, your sexual life, your sexual expression, the easier it's going to be to find a partner from the get-go, or you have some shared reality around your values around sex. You know, that was something certainly my wife and I synced up on early on. She had been married before in a sexist marriage. And she was like, I'm, I'm not doing anything unless there's a thriving sex life. Like right. this is a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Like, we have to have regular, you know, sex and I need a partner who values that. And that was something really important to me. So we have some shared reality around that. But sometimes, you know, I'll work with men who didn't have that and who have an awakening, but their partner's not there. And that can be really painful. Yeah. Um, So point just being, if you have the luxury, if you're not in a relationship yet, doing this work early can make it much easier to attract a partner who you're going to have that similar set of values around. And then for those in long-term relationships, yeah, I consider sex like the canary in the coal mine. And when that starts to go, that's the first sign that, you know, stuff often is is not going well in the relationship in my mind. Because in, in my experience, and you know, if my wife was here, she would agree, like the difference between when we're sexually connecting and when we're not is extraordinary in our relationship. And what I mean by it is, is it just, it's like an, <laughs> to use the, the right term here, it's kind of like an all purpose lube. <laughs> Like it just gives us so much more breathing room in the relationship. Like all of our stresses and tensions and the ways we might nitpick each other, or be unhappy. Like when we're connecting, we have so much more space around that. When our sex is online, we have so much more space. When it's not there, those issues become even more acute. It's like it just so much harder to deal with them. It puts a lot more stress on us. So, that it's like a, you know, something we work at. Like if, if one of us notices or we are disconnected in that sense to really prioritize it and center it and bring it back because if it's not there, then yeah, that is also where partners can start craving certain energies. And if we're not getting it in our relationship, our body will try to find it somewhere. Yeah, That's what makes this you know, the shadow piece, it'll try to find it on Instagram. It'll try to find it with our coworker. It'll have certain fantasies and yeah, we can't get everything from our partner, but for people that are in, you know, committed monogamous relationships, there's ways you can work with that, yeah. right? If you notice you're craving a certain type of energy, it's extraordinarily vulnerable to lead the conversation in your relationship of, I th- I notice this is something I'm I'm feeling a desire for and wanting how could we explore this or co-create this in yeah. our relationship. Right. And that's going to be a negotiation, right? It doesn't mean your partner is going to be a hell yes to every single thing you have, but a good partnership, you're going to learn to work with each other to offer each other that type of energy. It's the, you know, one of the generous things I think we can do in relationship. So then we're, we don't have to seek it outside of it. And yeah. It's that seeking it outside of it that that's worth, you know, it's just where all the problems can happen because, again, right. if it's in the shadow and we're not conscious of it, how many men have fallen for the belief, oh, if I leave her for her and do this, it's all going to be magic and better. <laughs> well, yeah. And then they do it. And then lo and behold, what happens? The same right. relationship patterns right. show up with because there's unhealed, undealt with trauma or shadow in their body. That's so right. they're going to bring it to any relationship they get into. That's right. And implicit in
1: what you're saying, you know, what you're pointing to here is that when we bring um you know we're bringing something to our partner i'm I'm craving this energy that we're engaging in a conversation you said a negotiation um of you know here's what i'm wanting here's what i'm desiring and there's also an openness to go and you know where's this coming from in me um what's this is this something that's like really kind of missing in my life or is there you know something i'm i'm not looking at that i'm wanting to cover up again trying to discharge my pain through sexuality through uh, orgasm or is there just something that's not really flowing in my life or my marriage and i you know i'm in partnership this one of the cliches that can show up in particularly new age work spiritual work is that i am creating my reality so if my partner doesn't want to have sex i should just accept that and I'm creating that, and what we're saying is, no, no, you don't create everything in your life. You co-create. You generate things. There are certain things yeah. you can create. There's other things that other people are creating, and they're interacting with your creation. And so, this is a negotiation. You ha- we we're part of deep shadow work and relational work is that you're you're taking the risk. You said this, Jason, to be to be vulnerable and to share and to say, hey, I, I kind of like. I, I want to, I want to experience this energy. I've definitely worked with couples who they've ended their relationship, their marriage, because they wanted some other element of sexuality, but they didn't want to talk about what was driving it. They didn't want to get into the mm-hmm. work, which is always non-sexual is like, because of the classic examples, um, uh, is this exercise where you, um, You talk about your sexual fantasy and then when you take all the sexual elements out of it you can see some of the deeply suppressed shadow material like my sexual Mm -hmm. fantasy is to be tied up dominated and to hit be hit and slapped that really turns me on and of course if you take all that out it's like you think back to your past sometimes there can be this well i was dominated as a child my father used to hit me and that charge that's in our nervous system you're like how how does that have to do with my sexuality well it imprints so deeply in our nervous system that it's only through sex that we can kind of be not necessarily become aware of it but that charge mixes with the charge of sexuality yeah and all of a sudden we're wanting an energy that might not ask that might not actually be kind of healthy but can in a certain sense help us become aware of some wounding and we you know we're taking kind of a deeper slice there but that's part of the invitation is sex asks us or invites us to look at our our very the the deepest ways we've been molded and shaped and as we face that we become freed into a sexual relationship that's much more generative and healthy and expressive as opposed to kind of locking our wounds in place and mm-hmm. moving us into these places that you know, are a certain sense reenactments of our unprocessed adverse childhood experiences. Um, so it's it's a big topic around what we're engaging in, and the, the biggest invitation is just awareness, talking about it, bringing it out of the shadow, being curious, not punishing ourselves or our partners for bringing something forward, but but really approaching it softly because we're also bringing up our our very deepest wounds when we talk about sexuality and sex
0: yeah really it's a process of bringing it into the light yeah just acknowledging that it's there and it's beautiful and we need it right yeah you know i I work with uh, tell a lot of my men like no male male sexuality is important like almost nothing in the world would happen (laughs) if we didn't have that drive right like it's actually the 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 drive of creation and life force. And we just want to honor that and use it wisely and learn to engage with it in these more mature ways that it can be so much more conducive to connection and generative and life affirming and life giving. I think that's the other key thing that, you know, when we really learn to work with this sexuality can move from something that destroys or, you know, ruins relationships to something that deepens and fosters, and yeah. helps them become even stronger. And it really starts with us men. Yeah, getting in touch, right? Digging in, getting clear about our charge. How does it show up in our body? When does it show up in our body? What What's behind that? And then being able to engage with that and become intimate with it. So it's not running the show anymore, but it's part of our experience that we can, when we choose, you know, bring into the moment, so to speak.
1: Yeah, it's powerful. Um, we kind of we kind of sent it on this one. There's some really good content in here. Anything else you want to touch into,
0: Jason? I think that that yeah. I feel like we covered quite a bit actually.
1: Yeah, that was thorough. Um, we have our Heart of Shadow, our next cohort starting, um, I believe, in mid August, and then our retreat
0: is, uh, I think, it's September.
1: I can't remember
0: at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we. We have our next cohort of Heart of Shadow, which you can always check out when the next one's launching at heartofshadow.com. But at this moment in July of 2023, our next one is starting September 5th with a retreat in October. There it is. And all the information there is at heartofshadow.com.
1: We have our early bird um, price uh, up through the end of July. We have a couple scholarships um, for BIPOC individuals. Um, our previous group is, is, uh, our current group is, uh, alive and strong. These guys meet, I think they meet weekly, uh, there just you. a powerful, um, inspiration to me. I, I check in on the group pretty regularly and, and, uh, I'm so heartened by their work. So if you're looking for deep community, um, to support you, I'm talking to some men here in Eugene about the program and. Jason and I said this time, there are just things that we won't bring forward in life because there's never really been permission to do so Um, socially in terms of our family of origin. It's hard to conceive, but this program, this community that we're building is a place where things you couldn't even imagine talking about are invited to come forward and not just Mm -hmm. talk, but felt and expressed it's such a powerful offering and if you're looking for a life tool to help you thrive in, in every arena, but particularly your, your inner healing sense of wholeness connection, um, Heart of Shadow is, is there for you. And we've got, I think we've got a few more spaces left for this next cohort. So, uh, Heart of Shadow, I think it's heart shadow heartofshadow.com. Yep. Uh, you'll find the program and you know jason and i are are pumped to be a part of it and um to have you join us so again jason thank you for your wise counsel and your guidance it's been
0: awesome always a pleasure my friend yeah Until Uh, until next time all right brother take care